0: Let's talk about rules of thumb for a minute. Now, rules of thumb in the industry sometimes are good. Sometimes you can go off by rules of thumb to get you in a ballpark of where you want to be for different things. Okay, but you got to understand that rules of thumb and generalized manuals of some equipment are just rules of thumb and are just generalized information. Sometimes you have site-specific Issues that you have to deal with now and these issues when these when these issues arrive generalized information most of the time is not going to help you got to think outside of the box now I'm going to bring up some some situations where myself or a team of people within my company have thought outside the box to solve certain situations. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. HVAC Know-It-All is sponsored by Testo, Yellow Jacket, Refrigeration Technologies, Armstrong, Field Pulse, and Truetech Tools. You guys want to save money on your tool purchases? Head over to TrueTechTools.com, pick your tool, and apply coupon code KNOWITALL at checkout, K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L. That will save you 8% off the price of your purchase. That excludes Fluke and Fleer products, unfortunately. But if you want to save on Testo products, head to HVACKnowItAll.com, scroll down the homepage, click on the True Tech Tools logo. It will bring you to a link where you answer two questions. Make sure you mention that HVAC KnowItAll sent you. And once you sign into your True Tech Tools account, you will see preferred Testo pricing. So let's start with the most fresh site-specific issue or modification on my brain and the reason it's the most fresh is because a conversation recently with my coworker had I kind of brought it back to life and he called me up to ask me about six defrost cycles on a freezer that he was working on that had some issues and he said he was reading and most of what he was reading said it's four four defrost cycles six is too much and I'm like well hold on a second, this could be a site-specific modification for whatever reason. I don't know that site, so I can't speak on why it was done. All I know is it might have been done for a reason. And the reason I say that is because I had a similar issue on an environmental chamber. I posted about it on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you follow me on there, you would have maybe read about this recently. So a few months back... The customer approached me with a problem. They had a brand new environmental chamber set for minus 20 degrees Celsius. Now, in the defrost mode, the temperature would rise to about minus 15. For them, that was out of spec. They wanted it closer to set point during the defrost cycle. So in the back um, was a time clock. And there was also a two-stage heating system that had a two-stage defrost termination. So I noticed, I don't remember the exact times, but I know that it was set up for four defrost cycles. I changed it from four to six defrost cycles, and I cut the two-stage termination back to end the defrost cycle sooner. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I said beforehand, I said, listen, when I'm doing this, I don't know if we're going to have an issue with ice buildup now because now we're reducing the amount of defrost time. But because I was reducing the amount of defrost time, that's why I increased the defrost frequency from 4 to 6. So a few days later, a couple weeks later, we, we trended this. Because each chamber or each piece of equipment has its own wireless trending system that can be tracked from the web by logging in. Now, we got to around, we rose to about minus 17, minus 17.5 in that range. So we made quite a bit of a difference. And I said, you know what, now it's in spec. It was in spec for... What they want it to be their ranges i said i don't want to touch it anymore because you're in spec we don't have an ice issue and we should just keep going down this road just to make sure everything's okay now now we're months past and it's still within spec no ice issues whatsoever that was a site-specific modification now Some people fired back at that original post and told me that it was too excessive of defrost. But listen, don't listen to guys or techs on forums telling you how to do your job from 500, 1,500, 3,000 miles away. Don't listen to that because they don't know your job. They don't know your customer. If you're asking for help, That's a different thing. But if you're telling people what you did to solve a problem and it worked and guys start getting on your back, to me that's bullshit. Because they're making assumptions based on their knowledge and experience, not based on what your specific, site-specific issues are, your customer, your equipment, your time frame, your your pricing, your area, the market you're in. There's so many different factors that affect all of this. So, guys, site-specific modifications are something that you need to do sometimes to get yourself out of a jam. And we've done them as a company often. The owner of my company was a very, very smart man when, when I first started in the trade. Very, very smart man, and we used to do this all the time site specific modifications i'm going to tell you about one coming up that i did with a tech when i was just an apprentice and i thought it was a brilliant idea i had my my fears about how the system would work after but it worked fine i'm going to tell you about that coming up right now do you guys know what a pump volute is well a pump volute is basically the portion of the pump where the impeller sits Now, this Armstrong tip is a good one if you can't find information, if you can't find the nameplate, because sometimes you go to a piece of equipment and the nameplate's gone. But on some volutes, there's a stamp. Okay, and on that stamp is provided some information about that pump. So if the nameplate's missing, check the volute for information on that pump, record it, and call your local Armstrong dealer to find out more information about that pump. This tip is brought to you by Armstrong, and this podcast is sponsored by Armstrong. So this was an older building. Um, The unit wasn't ancient or anything, but, I mean, it wasn't new. And the condenser had a leak right in the middle. This was a rooftop unit on the roof, Uh, probably at least 10 tons, at least. Could have been bigger. Uh, but the leak was right in the middle of the condenser. And this repair I'm going to tell you about is actually quite brilliant if it works, and it did work in this specific case. Now, I've, I've repaired leaks in the middle of condensers many times. And this is another thing. I, I've posted this. I actually posted one about a year and a half ago in the spring. It was a leak that I had to fix, and, and near the end bend, um the tube sheet that runs down where the where the end bends are on the condenser, I had to cut a piece of that away and put in a a new piece of pipe, a small piece of pipe and I took a picture halfway through the repair when it looked a mess, soap dripping everywhere and I was called a hack for it by a couple guys, but guess what that unit's still up and running now, still running just fine the leak. That I fixed hasn't leaked again. No other leaks on the condenser. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to keep your customer up and running. All right. Um, But but listen to this. This condenser had a leak right in the middle. And it was a straight condenser. There was no no curvatures in the condenser whatsoever. Straight. So the owner of the company, it was his idea to fix it like. To fix fix it this way, I'm about to tell you. And it was his brother that I went with to do the repair. And his brother was a very smart man as well. A very good technician. And the idea was to snip the end bends on either side of the condenser, cut them open, and take a pipe, obviously smaller than what the actual condenser pipe was, and slide it through. Now I know what you're thinking. It's a smaller pipe. Will it cause issues with restriction, or or head pressure issues? And those are my thoughts too, originally. But we actually slid that thing through, and we put it back together, welded it back together, or saw or brazed brazed it back together. I know some of you guys are. I've said welded in the past. And the terminology polices all over me brazed it back together and man incredible it it worked no issues with head pressure no issues with compressor amperage no issues with restriction it was a solid repair and it avoided us cutting fins away from the condenser and snipping a piece of the tube away from the condenser possibly causing damage to other parts of it. Because you gotta be very, very careful when you're when you're doing that. Okay, and that that repair is not really a site specific repair. I guess it is in a way, but it's not a problem that has pertained just to that site. It's a leak. Leaks happen everywhere. But I thought this was a cool one to add in because this is the first time I've seen this done, and I haven't seen it done or done it myself since. But anytime you're in a jam and you have a leak directly in the middle of a condenser and you can slide a whole brand new pipe right through the middle, hey, it's an option. I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm not telling you there may not be repercussions if you do it, but it's an option. You have to decide for yourself what is best for you in that situation. So when you run a business, cash flow is very important. And how do we get the cash flow? Well, we need to complete a job and send out an invoice. Getting that invoice sent out as quick as possible will ensure that you're receiving your money as quick as possible. So how about finishing a service call or an install and sitting in your truck Five minutes after the completion of the job, and sending that invoice directly from your phone or tablet, sitting from the driver's seat of your work truck. That sounds cool to me. Field Pulse offers that feature in their all in one service business software. Check them out, guys. 14 day free trial fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know So, this site specific. Uh, repair or modification I wasn't part of but I had seen and I inquired about it because I wanted to know why it was there because I didn't understand it at the time this is many many years ago so we used to take care of a very large freeze freezer warehouse like refrigerated warehouse and it, it was big it stored products for fast food chains and whatnot and supermarkets and stuff like that but it was all it was all Frozen stuff. So one day when I was walking through the freezer, well, there's many freezers in this place, kind of just broken up all different temps. I saw a fan mounted to the wall and blowing at another wall. Like, what is that for? I didn't understand it. So I inquired about it. And what was happening when that fan wasn't there, when the evaporator close to that wall was in defrost, the heaters would melt that ice, right? And the ice would turn to water, and at times we would get steam, okay, rising up from the pan. That steam would make its way over to the wall and it would stick to it and freeze. It doesn't sound like a massive deal, but right underneath that wall was a doorway. That doorway was for fork trucks and people to go in and out when they were loading or unloading or moving product around. So it was accumulating on the wall, and it was falling and dropping down. This is dangerous because it could drop on someone's head. And if it's not dropping on someone's head, it's dropping on the floor and freezing there, creating a trip hazard, a slipping hazard, and creating a hazard for the fork trucks that are going back and forth. So this fan was installed on an adjacent wall, pointing at that wall. And that air was actually breaking that that water vapor up and kind of dissipating it, diffusing it in different directions so it couldn't concentrate itself on that wall and build up. Very, very simple solution to a problem that was happening for a very long time. Very, very simple solution. And if you think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. You just need some airflow to break that water vapor up to get it to move from the, from away from the spot that you don't want it to. And not only away from that spot, but we don't want it accumulating on another wall. It's a freezer. And guys, guys that work in freezers know there's going to be ice problems regardless. Especially if you work in a humid climate, there's always ice issues and you always got to deal with ice issues, but Ice accumulating above a wall that could fall on someone's head and create an issue is not a good thing. So that fan was installed to dissipate that water vapor to stop it from collecting on that specific wall. And it actually worked really, really well. That was a site-specific mod that I wasn't part of, but somebody thought outside the box when they put that in. You don't see that very often. You don't see or I don't hear a lot of texts thinking outside the box enough. I hear texts say, well, I was taught. Well, I was taught. Well, I read in this manual. Well, guys, listen. When it comes to customized problems, you have to throw generalized information and rules of thumb out the window a lot of times because it's not going to help. You have to take what you know, your base knowledge, and I always talk about base knowledge, it very important. going to take your base knowledge of all you've learned and apply it to something that's different. You guys ever heard that phrase, famous quote from Einstein, repeating the same thing over and over and expecting different results? Well, it's so true. And that's where thinking outside of the box comes into play. Stop doing the same thing. Stop going into that freezer and just scraping the ice off every day and thinking the problem's just going to go away. Think outside the box, guys. Trust me. So here's another good one for you. Um, we used to have a lot of Mr. Slims in different server rooms around uh, the city. And anybody that's ever worked on a Mr. Slim, they they have... Uh, Their their fans actually, their condenser fans actually slow down. These are the old, old ones, like 15 years ago. But their fans would slow down depending on, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't worked on one in a very long time. There was a thermistor on the condenser somewhere. And it controlled the fan operation, the condenser fan operation, according to the temperature of the condenser we had a couple of instances where we would have really low ambient temperatures and what would happen is that the units would start to freeze up because I think the fans had a minimum speed. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I recall this. But I'm, I'm bringing this up because we had many, many, modifications done to these Mitsubishis. Now they all come with wind baffles. We had to take those wind baffles off and throw them away. Now I'm not bashing Mitsubishi whatsoever because I think they make a good product. There's tons of city multis out there that we've worked on installed that are still going until this day. But like I said, site specific, and this is this might be even more regional specific because of of the cold climates that we see. We had to take those wind baffles off and make our own wind baffles from top to bottom on both sides of the condensing unit. All right, and we also disabled the fan from the board. One of the fans, we took one of the fans from the board and disabled it. So we didn't control it through the circuit board anymore. We put our own fan cycle control in line with it to cycle that fan up and down as we needed to because it wasn't working. It wasn't working properly the way it came from the factory. Now these are the older ones. I haven't worked on many in recent times and I'm sure all those problems have been sorted out, but I can't be certain of that. So we took it into our own hands back then to make up our own wind baffles solid from top to bottom. The air could only escape through the top of the baffle on each side. There was no little holes or openings in the baffles whatsoever. And we removed one of the fans from the board operation and we stuck our own fan cycle control in line. And those two modifications allowed these things to run through the winter problem-free. Now, that's what it's all about. It's about creating a solution for your customer. If your customer gets frustrated that you keep coming back and you, oh, it's too cold, it can't run in the cold, they don't want to hear that. They want you to come up with a solution. So I remember we had so many Mitsubishis out there. we We placed a massive order for these wind baffles. So we had like 15 or 20 arriving every winter time because we were installing so many and we just we'd have them at the shop and we just pop them on when we needed to. So there there's another site specific or like I said, regional specific modification that had to be made that as a company brainstormed together and thought of this this didn't come from the manufacturer this came from a bunch of technicians that were good at their job and were smart enough to know that had the base knowledge to know what needed to be done to fix the problem so there you have it guys site-specific modifications and in order to come up with site-specific modifications and out-of-the-box repairs, you need to be able to think outside of the box. You have to. If you don't, and if you don't try new things and experiment with new things, you're never going to learn and progress as a technician. If you just keep doing the same things you were taught over and over and over again, and you don't push the envelope, I'm sorry, guys, you're going to get stale. You're going to get stale, and you're going to stay Where you are as a tech the best technicians in this trade learn how to adapt they learn how to think out of the box learn how to push the envelope and learn to try new things and are not scared of failing when they try new things failure is going to come it's just part of the learning process and the learning curve all right so if you encounter a problem that's kind of odd. You've never seen it before. It might be a site-specific modification that you have to make that you've never had to do before in order to get that piece of equipment running the way it should. Or to alleviate another problem, like ice building up on a wall of a freezer. So keep that in mind, guys. Grow your base knowledge, okay? Think outside the box, push the envelope, and don't be afraid To try new things. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you have a good day. It's Friday today. So I hope you guys have a good weekend. And I'm on holiday next week. So guys, unfortunately, there probably won't be a podcast next week. Because I'm off up north to relax. Drink a few beers. Maybe jump in the pool. Have a fire. You guys have an awesome day, an awesome weekend. Happy h